This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Hey, this is Jeff Reed, and you are listening to SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your G Striker, and with me today is our resident fantasy guru for SteelerNation.com, Matt Papiernik. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Striker. Just glad to be back on here. Always a pleasure. Awesome, and this is the first time Steeler Nation where we where we get to have Matt live with us on as as part of the vidcast. Because before we were strictly audio, now we get to see our beautiful faces in the morning, beautiful Sunday morning, and uh, we're going live today on our YouTube page. We're also live on Twitter. So any of you guys on Twitter or YouTube, if you jump on the chat on YouTube, ask us questions. We can answer them. Same thing on Twitter. Ask us questions. I'm going to keep my eye up so I can grab them. And if we don't hit them immediately, we will hit them in the question round by the end of the show. So uh, we'll all be able to get a hold of everything on that. And it'll be a fun way for us to interact because it's strictly fantasy football for the most part since we have the professional here who knows way more than I do about fantasy. My idea of fantasy football is watching it uh, naked with my girlfriend. That's pretty much it. So uh, (laughs) other than that, and it's my wife, I should say. I don't want to upset her. She, she might think that somebody else is in the room. All righty. So, uh, but first, just to touch base quickly, I wanted to go over the in- injury situation for the team. I know a lot of news has come out since Friday's practice. Uh, David Castro came down with an injury. It's still not sure exactly what the injury is, but we're keeping an eye out on it to see, you know, if there's going to be an issue with him or if it's going to be long-lasting, if they're going to make any other roster moves, obviously. Uh, hopefully not because that's the last thing we want as Steeler fans is something to happen to our all pro guard uh, and top 100 player recorded at NFL.com. Everybody else, we still have some people that are day to day and off right now. That is Cameron Canada, our long snapper with his knee, uh, Ryan Switzer with his foot and Chris Wormley now with his shoulder. So we're still waiting to hear when we're getting those guys back. Anthony McFarland was in concussion protocol there were some reports stating he practiced last game, but I could, didn't get that in the injury report listing that the Steelers released. So he may have practiced or somebody just might have written down the number incorrectly. Either way, if he did practice, it would have been on a limited basis because he's in concussion protocol. If he's still asymptomatic after that limited practice, he gets taken off of uh, – he gets to go full practice, and then after day after full practice, he's released from concussion protocol if everything is good. Big news, Deontay Johnson came back. Although he's um, Foley, Kareth White, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Kevin Dotson, and Chooks Okorafor, who's battling for that right tackle spot. So that was big. And then just touching base on the old ones that we have that are also listed back. Pouncey came back. Derwin Gray came back. Uh, Robert Spillane came back. Bud Dupree, uh, Wendell Smallwood. And Derek Watt um, has been mentioned by Tomlin directly as being kind of limited in practice because he had a shoulder surgery. But the good news is he's still practicing pretty much fully every practice. He's not listed as limited. They just kind of limited pro- limit him probably in certain drills because they don't want to have to put any pressure on that shoulder until they're starting to see some real action or until they get ready to uh, 
sign up here for these, these first games. So um, that's, the, that's the good part. We're relatively healthy. Everybody's kind of getting back, and we still have two weeks to go before meaningful football. So I'm getting excited. Matt, are you getting excited for some meaningful football? Oh, yes. Um, you know, I saw my first college football game last night. It's just like it's getting, getting – it's already started and can't uh, wait to see the Steelers suit up. Nice. Who was playing? To be honest, it was two smaller schools. I didn't really know either of them. I remember watching a 75-yard touchdown on the first play, and I'm like, man, football's back. Oh, I know, and I hear you there. And um, one thing, I do too, I wanted to touch base on was um, uh, Coach Tomlin. He had a really powerful message um, on intolerance um, for, um, and social justice for the Steelers. Uh, I'll share my screen with you just so you can look at SteelerNation.com. Um, right here to see um i don't know why it's not allowing me oh there it is i just have to hit the button <clears throat> so um he had a powerful message him. on the field itself uh he's flanked there by kevin colbert and um the the owner art rooney seconds uh the whole team is out there then they move to the middle of the field and they're joined in prayer and and um um Vance McDonald leads them in prayer in the center of the field. All of them, uh, as they see right now, they're approaching the center of the field. If you're on the YouTube, I'm just describing you on Twitter for the, uh, the radio version. And, um, but, yeah, they had um, a, a really nice show of solidarity, um, catharsis, catharsis to, like, kind of come together as a team to show – how much they care and the meaningful words by coach Tomlin too couldn't have been more eloquently stated by an African-American uh, coach as well. He understands he's part of this. He has to live with this every day as well as his, a lot of his players. And uh, it was really nice, not only for the, the entire team to be there, but the management, the ownership, this is a complete show of solidarity, solidarity. And they're sitting there uh, praying there in the middle of the field was moving for me when I watched it. I hope it was for you also. I know we got a lot of good feedback on the, both the forum and the Twitter <clears throat> stating that this was a, a really nice way to show some solidarity uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they come back um, and they try to find a ways to deal with the social unrest that's going on, deal with the, uh, the issues going on right now for injustices for, um, for the blacks and minorities. And it's, it's really important that they – are showing a good way to, to, to shed some light on this, to show that, hey, we are all in on this together, and it, we should be. And it's, it's a nice show of unity, and it's a good show for the Pittsburgh Steelers, so kudos to uh, Coach Tomlin and the team for putting that together. So moving on, it is now fantasy time, guys. So if anybody on Twitter, if you guys have any questions, anybody here on YouTube, I'll be checking it periodically to see if you guys join in the chat to ask some questions. And uh, we'll be able to answer your questions as we come along. But first thing we want to go on, and Matt and I want to pick your brain here, because from a fantasy perspective, I want to know who your top three picks would be and your top three sleepers would be for the following positions. And we'll start off low. We'll work our way up high. And first one, I want to know who would be your top three kickers starting off? Yeah, so with kickers, you know, it always varies year by year because kickers tend to get a little in their head sometimes. So they miss one kick and it can really uh, drop them down a couple pegs. So my personal preference is always wait on kicker, you know, let the top guys, you know, go a little earlier than what everyone else needs. And I just try and focus on guys who are in good offenses. Good offenses lead to scoring points. Yes. So kicker will be out there. But in general, one kicker you can't ignore is Justin Tucker for Baltimore. Oh, He's gosh. Yeah. amazing. This dude – He's more accurate from 50-plus than most people are accurate in an extra point. Yeah. He's always so Tucker may be the best kicker I've ever seen in the NFL. So it, It's ridiculous. His it his leg is so accurate, so powerful. Yeah. He, you can line him up for a 70-yard field goal, and I trust he'd make it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, Number two? Harrison, Harrison Bucker for Kansas City, you know, such a high, powerful offense. He's very accurate. You know, he's probably going to get an opportunity to score more than almost everyone out there. Mm. Yeah. And then also Will Lutz for New Orleans. Um, you know, the Saints are always going to be a great offense. And, you know, with Sean Payton, they're always going to take the points when it's on the board. So you always know that he's going to have plenty of opportunities and they're not going to always risk it when they don't have to. So yeah. those are three kickers you just can't ignore. And, well, uh, they are the best kickers. Still wait till the end of your drafts to take them. Don't be trying to reach for any of your kickers. <laughs> nice. 
So you got Justin Tucker, uh, Harrison Bucker, KC, and Will Lutz for New Orleans as your top three kickers. Who would be your top three sleepers then for kickers? Um, like I stated earlier, I just try to focus on good offenses. So one person I've been really like him, seen myself draft a lot this year and at near the very end of the draft is someone, Zane Gonzalez out of Arizona. You know, with uh, that offense there, it's likely going to put up a lot of points, and their defense isn't the best in the league, so they're likely going to have to score a lot of points to stay in games anyways. Yeah. So he's someone that I just happen to always find on my team and always find at the very end. So it's he's been a really good sleeper for me, and I think he'll probably end up as a top-five year. Nice. Um, another guy is Matt Gay out of Tampa Bay. Uh-huh. Um, you know, obviously, Tampa Bay put up a lot of points last year, even with Jameis Winston, and now they have Tom Brady, you know, so – going to get a lot more trips down the field that don't end in interceptions. You know, when you don't throw 30 interceptions in a season like James Winston did, you're going to have a lot more opportunities to score. Yes. And someone I have, uh, you know, he's a little further down the list, but I think is going to surprise a lot of people is Chase McLaughlin. Okay. I'm out of Indianapolis. You know, their offense offense is going to be pretty solid this year. Now they added Phillip Rivers. You know, they have T.Y. Hilton invested picks and some wide receivers and Michael Pittman Jr., uh, Paris Campbell last year, drafted Jonathan Taylor. You know, their offense is going to be really good. So he's definitely going to be able to, you know, get in range quite frequently. Perfect. Perfect. So moving on to defense now, who do you think are going to be the top three defensive picks right now for fantasy? Well, I think you may kick me off the podcast if I didn't say anything. The Steelers were going to be the first defense. <laughs> so, um, they're obviously number one. Yeah. I mean, they have a great they have a great defense. I mean, mm-hmm. led the league in turnovers last year. We're up there in sacks. I believe led the league in sacks as well, or if not tied for first. So, yeah. you know, sacks and interceptions are what leads to, you know, a successful defense in fantasy. And I also tend to play matchups a lot with my defense. So them going up against the Giants in week one where Daniel Jones had a a lot of turnovers last year, especially holding on to the ball, a lot of fumbles. Yeah. You know, TJ Watt is uh, very well at knocking out that ball, especially if uh, the quarterback's willing to let it get hit out. So, <laughs> true. Um, another one I like a lot is obviously the Ravens. Uh-huh. Um, they, it doesn't matter. They lose players, and it just seems like they always have that next man up mentality, kind of like the Steelers. So they always yeah. just have a great defense. Um, great coaching, I think, goes into that. And then they play Cleveland week one. So, there's yes. a lot of hype around Cleveland being improved, but they definitely yeah. had struggles on offense last year. So <laughs> yeah. um, it'll be a tough, tough go for them week one going against Baltimore. So I think uh, Baltimore is definitely someone that, you know, you could target early on. Then the last one, um, you know, the Bills, they, they don't have, you know, the star studded names everywhere, Yeah, but they do have a lot of good high draft picks invested in that defense. You know, they have a lot of, you know, pro bowl and all pro worthy players that just make a very stout unit. You know, they're not the flashy unit, but they just consistently hold teams to low points. That's why they were able to be good last year. That's why Josh Allen with his freelance was able to kind of will them to a couple wins. But they also faced the Jets week one. So Sam Darnold can be a little turnover prone at times, especially being a young quarterback. Doesn't have a lot of weapons on the outside that are proven. So I think the Bills are definitely someone that the team people should go after. Great. So Steelers, Ravens, Bills in that order. Then who would be your top three sleeper picks? Um, like I said, I like to play matchups a lot. Um, kind of like the kickers. I kind of just make sure I've got a good matchup. So, But some teams who could, you know, maybe improve no matter who the matchup is. One team I like a lot is the Bears. You know, last year they were heavily talked about, but, you know, they had some injuries. Their offense was pretty, pretty poor. Yeah. So they their defense got worn down throughout games, but you know they still have you know they have Mac out there still they still have a lot of other players they know how to get after the quarterback. Yeah, you know they they're an opportunistic defense, and I think they're someone that can definitely uh, you know surprise a lot of people and get back into that top five if the cards roll in their favor this year. Nice. Another sleeper pick I like is the Cowboys. You know they lost a lot of pieces. You know. Byron Jones signed elsewhere. Some other players disappeared as well from this offseason. But, you know, they they still know how to get after the quarterback. They still can cover on the outside. It's, you know, they have some questions in the secondary. So if they can limit some of those big plays, they they have a good chance that they'll outperform their draft value because I don't believe they're getting drafted in a lot of leagues right now. They're on that fringe. So yeah. I think they could definitely be a top 10 defense by the end of the year when it's all said and done, especially – you know, playing the NFC, some of the teams over there, they like to throw the ball away a little bit. Yes. So, 
Last one I think is uh, not really on many people's radar as well as the Seahawks. Oh, wow. You know, they don't have a lot of big names on their defense anymore either. You know, they went from the Legion of Boom, kind of fell apart a little bit, but now they're building it back up. You know, they're getting – you know, they have a lot of good pieces there. And, you know, a lot of people are sleeping on them as a whole because all they think about is Russell Wilson and that offense now. But their defense is – not something you messed with. They performed better in real life last year than they did in fantasy. But, you know, I think, you know, if you perform well in real life on defense, you're bound to eventually, you know, put up some fantasy points because limit points, people are going to need to start passing the ball. You're going to get some sacks. You're going to get some forced balls for interceptions. So, yeah, yeah those are three that I'm definitely looking for because I like to wait on teams yes. for the defense. So that's who I'd target. Nice. And, of course, you know, they've got – they do a smart job too in Seattle of understanding their defenses. And then so Carol's probably doing a good job of rebuilding out there anyway. Um, so moving on now, we're starting to get to some skill positions. Uh, Want to know who your top three tight ends would be. Um, the top two are very easy. You know, you got Travis Kelsey and then George Kittle. Yeah. They kind of go Kelsey hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> they they kind of go hand in hand on who you can put number one. I tend to prefer Travis Kelsey just because Kansas city's offense is a little more explosive. Yeah. Um, George Kittle, I think, is the better all-around tight end. But Travis Kelsey, you can't deny it. He's essentially the he's, – he's what I call the Jimmy Graham of, you know, 2020 versus where Jimmy Graham 10 years ago was an all-pro. Yeah. All but he just – no matter what, you can't cover him with safety. You can't cover him with a linebacker. Mm. You got to almost, you know, put your best cover man on Travis Kelsey. But in that offense, you can't, fit, you can't do that. So, yeah. he's my number one. And George Kittle, he's just a tremendous all-around tight end. Yeah. Um, he reminds you of like a 1980s tight end that just happens to have the athleticism of a 2020 tight end. So <laughs> he's like the best of both worlds. No coach will ever hate that. And no fantasy yeah. team will ever hate that either. Yeah. True. So the, then number three. Yeah. The third spot, you know, it gets tossed around a little bit. Some names are out there. Mark Andrews is out there. Darren Waller's out there, but I tend to prefer Zach Ertz yeah. um, for the Eagles. I know they, you know, they have two tight ends that could obviously be top 10 in Dallas Godard or Goddard. Not yeah. sure how you pronounce his last name, but okay. Zach Ertz, he's just game in, game out. He's going to get you those five, six catches, those 60, 70 yards minimum. Mm. He has a nice floor, you know, especially when you're looking for a higher tight end. You want to make sure you're getting your eight to ten points every game no matter what, and he's going to get you that. Plus, you know, he's still going to have his blow-up games as well, being in an explosive offense with the Eagles and Carson Wentz. Nice. So Kelsey Kittle and Ertz are your top three. Who are your, top, who are your three sleeper picks then at tight end? Oh, man, these are some guys that I end up with a lot of teams as well because like some of the other positions that we already went through, I tend to wait on tight end. So one guy I like a lot is Hayden Hurst for Atlanta. Yes. You know, they lost Austin Hooper this year, and a lot of his work wasn't because he was necessarily, you know, a star in that offense, but because Falcons were behind a lot. They had to air it out a lot in the second half. So that really helped Hooper, especially in fantasy. And I think that the same thing's going to happen for Hayden Hurst. Their defense didn't get a whole lot better. Falcons still are going to have to put up a lot of points, especially in the second half, possibly yeah. being behind. So Hayden Hurst didn't necessarily have the opportunity for the Ravens, but the Falcons obviously saw something there willing to trade for him. So being the number one there, I think he's going to be in a good opportunity to put up some points. Yeah. Nice. Another guy I like a lot is Noah Fant mm -hmm. um, for Denver. He uh, very athletic. Um, you know, rookie tight ends don't often – put up a lot of fantasy points. So being a rookie last year, he had, you know, kind of had to find his role. Yeah. But um, with him and Drew Locke, you know, they have a young, very young offense, you know, a couple young wide receivers out there that, you know, have a lot of potential as well. But, you know, tight ends always seem to be a safety blanket for young quarterbacks, yeah. especially one who's athletic as he is. So, you know, I think he's someone that could really surprise a lot of people and only takes one or two big plays and he has a breakout game. And someone with that athleticism, he's going to get that. Nice. Last one I really like is Chris Herndon for um, the Jets. Um, he had some issues, you know, on and off the field last year, missed a couple games. Um, but he really uh, came on strong when he was playing, especially when he had Sam Darnold in the lineup because Darnold obviously missed a few games um, last year as well. So those two together, they had a pretty good chemistry. And same thing as with Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, he's going to want to rely on that tight end. You know, he's going to want to rely on that guy in the middle of the field. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's someone that, I think Darwin's going to try and rely upon as long as both can remain on the field, you know, for most of the season. So pairing him in the middle of the field and with a young quarterback that an offense is going to want to go through, I think it's a chance for him to sneak into the top 10 where he's not being drafted in a lot of leagues right now. Wow. 
So do you have any opinion then, since we're still on tight ends, about somebody like Gronk in Tampa Bay being reunited with, uh, with uh, Tom Brady? Um, I think he's definitely going to have his games where he's going to blow up like he did in the past, but I don't think he's going to be asked to handle full workload. I don't think he's going to be asked to, you know, get his 80 catches a year for 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. I don't think he's going to be asked to play the, all the snaps. You know, he's had some injury history. He looks thinner now, which is great, so maybe hopefully that takes some wear, wear and tear off him. But they still have another solid tight end in O.J. Howard, so I think they'll be able to rotate them in and out a little bit, yeah. you know, keep Grock fresh. And Tampa Bay's offense, I mean – Gronk never had to play with so many weapons around him. Gronk was always the focal point, even with Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, now he has Mike Evans around him, Chris Godwin, you know, O.J. Howard. You know, there's a lot of other places that the ball can go. So it should help Gronk and where he won't have to do so much work. But I don't think they're going to rely on him to be the go-to guy game in and game out. So I think he's more of like a back-end starter at this point. But he tends to go a little higher, mainly because of his name. I mean, Gronk's one of the greatest tight ends of all time. So it's hard yeah. not to want him. So from a strictly a Steeler perspective, I know that they're heavy now at tight end with Vance McDonald and with um, uh, Ebron, both manning the tight end spot. So who would you think would be benefit more out of the Steeler offense from a tight end perspective for strictly for scoring? Um, you know, for fantasy, it's tough. Anytime you have to divide up the workload a little bit, you know, it always worries you because it's hard enough for tight ends to put up enough consistent production to really be fantasy stars especially when now you have to share it with another guy who you know both of them are probably top 10 of their position in the league so in my opinion um I see Vance being kind of like the yardage either during between the 20s where he's gonna you know get a lot of work there you know probably get five six catches a game get his 50 yards but I think Ebron's gonna do a lot of work in the end zone I mean he leads all tight ends and touchdowns the last two years wow so it's it's kind of it's gonna really depend I don't think it's gonna be hard to trust either of them week to week yeah you know in fantasy that is so I'd go with Ebron simply because you catch one pass for five yards and a touchdown. It's going to be worth more if you catch three or four passes for 30 yards. Yeah. So I'm just going to – neither one are one that I'm like, yes, he's your go-to guy this year for fantasy. They're yeah. going to help the Steelers tremendously in the season. But for fantasy, I'd, if you're going to roll the dice, roll the dice on Ebron. Hope he catches a touchdown. Maybe gets lucky and even gets two. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have a breakout game. Mm, nice. So now we're getting to the money positions. Moving on, the first position we're going to obviously cover will be wide receivers. And I want to know who your top three wide receiver picks would be. You know, wide receiver, it's so deep this year. You know, and there's a couple, you know, a couple people got moved. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is on a new team. You know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, they now have, uh, they now have um, uh, Tom Brady there. Um, so that's, you know, Got a little bit of a change there, and I believe I said DeAndre Hopkins is on Tampa Bay, but he's on Arizona. I um, think I messed that one up, but uh, my top wide receiver, it has to be Michael Thomas. I mean, my, Michael Thomas, he, you know, he's by far the go-to guy in that offense. Drew Brees loves him. People, some say, oh, well, all he does is catch slants or whatever. Well, that those slants led to, you know, 1,500-plus yards and something like 140 receptions last year. Wow. So it's, it's insane the production he's able to put up. He has to be your number one. He's the only one that I've seen being taken in the first round. Yeah, so especially with a PPR league, I imagine that's a huge advantage. Oh, yeah. he. Yeah. I think he outscored the second-place person by 50, 60 points if you go PPR league, and wow. that's insane. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another guy I like a lot this year who I have number two is Devontae Adams. Um, You know, he had a little bit of injury last year, you know, wasn't completely healthy. And um, once he got back out there, though, he was always the go-to guy. Even when uh, um, Aaron Rodgers wasn't in the game, he was still the go-to guy. So um, Devontae Adams is just someone I think no matter what, he's going to get force-fed the ball. And they didn't do a lot to help out the wide receivers in uh, Green Bay. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers and you got Devontae Adams, but they didn't draft a wide receiver at all. So they're confident in some of their younger guys that they got over the last couple of years. But it'll be interesting to see if they can actually perform. So Devontae Adams is going to have to heavy workload to carry. This third spot is kind of tricky. You know, some people like DeAndre Hopkins or like Julio Jones. I personally still prefer Tyreek Hill. Um, that speed, it's it's unreal. You can't teach something like that. He has a chance to take any catch to, all the way to the end zone just by outrunning people. 
you know, anytime you have that athletic gift. And he's actually turning into a well-rounded wide receiver now where he's not just having to run limited routes. The last year he really, you know, showed that he's more than just a speedster. So he's someone that I wouldn't hesitate to take as my number three wide receiver in the second round somewhere. Perfect. Now who are your top three sleeper picks then for the wide receiver position? Um, someone who I'm not even sure is really a sleeper anymore that I would always try to target was Deontay Johnson, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You can get him, you know, in the middle rounds of the draft, you know, eighth, ninth round. But, you know, more and more people are starting to talk about him. I see him popping up on, you know, the majority of sleeper lists anymore. I'm like, well, if he's on everyone's sleeper list, is he truly a sleeper anymore? Or does everyone already know he's there? <laughs> yeah. So he's someone who I think could do well, but he's borderline not that sleeper worthy anymore. But, you know, you could still get him in the middle rounds of your draft, draft him as your wide receiver three or four, and he could, you know, yeah. easily put up wide receiver two numbers, yeah. you know, be the second wide receiver on your team. Another guy I like a lot who pairs with the number one guy on the list is Emmanuel Sanders. You know, now he's in New Orleans. New Orleans, you know, they had a couple guys sliding in and out, you know, to be that number two guy for Michael Thomas over the last few years. But no one with the track record of Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's going to give Drew Brees that second um, security blanket. This way Michael Thomas can be more free to not always be the, you know, um, go-to guy for Breeze where he can run some deeper routes and not have to worry about, you know, where Breeze is going to go the ball elsewhere. So I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to get a lot of those catches that, you know, Michael Thomas might have gotten previously. Yeah. One one other guy I like a lot, Deshaun Jackson. Oh, I mean, wow, really? No, don't, <laughs> it's kind of surprising, and people were wondering if he might be on a team after he got into some trouble with yeah. some of his comments he made, you know. We're not going to quite go into all of that, you know, but uh, he made some comments and people thought that the Eagles might cut him, but he's still on the team and, you know, he got hurt after week one last year, you know, wasn't quite the same. Um, even when he did play, you know, missed a lot of games, but when he did play with Carson Wentz, those two had big plays all over the field. I mean, in the Sean Jackson, there's no shortage of big plays. He went, you know, speed like that. And somehow, some way they know he's running deep, but somehow they can't cover him. doesn't matter. Wow. So he's someone who, you know, throat, Start throw at the end of the draft who could blow up literally any week for you. He could easily go out there and get 150 yards and two touchdowns anytime he's in the game. So as long as yeah. he stays healthy, I think he's definitely someone that's worth, uh, you know, just picking someone off the board at the end of the draft. Nice. So I'm going to give you the choice here. We've got running backs and we have quarterbacks le left. Who do you want to save for last? Uh, let's save running backs for last. You know, running backs are always the premier position that you got to worry about in fantasy because there's any more, there's a shortage of elite running backs. So we'll save that for last and keep Perfect. our, keep our listeners let's, waiting let's, for more. Perfect. And let's go with your top three quarterbacks, probably the first one being the guy from Kansas City. Yeah, the, there's two at the top, and you can go hand in hand which one you want. But Patrick Mahomes is the one I'm always going to choose, um, number one. Um, he has a little bit more arm talent than the other one, Lamar Jackson, but – Main reason is, um, I think from a health perspective, I trust Patrick Mahomes to stay healthy, you know, better chance of that because he's not the runner. I know he got hurt last year, but it was a freak quarterback sneak injury. Yeah, yeah. And he still came back and was still a top 10 QB by the end of the year, even though he missed a couple of games. So when you have someone that's an MVP in his second year and can throw 50 touchdown passes at the age of 24, mm. you know, it's – you got to go with him. That offense still has a million pieces. You know, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, their their offense, they're going to put up 30 points a game, and it's going to be fun to watch. Then, mm. obviously, the other one, uh, Lamar Jackson. Steelers yeah. fans hate to hear it, but he, – He's a good quarterback. <laughs> he's uh, he – Running back numbers, too, with, the, with all the, the touchdowns and running rushing yards he gets. Oh, yeah, and – that's why he's so valuable in fantasy. You know, some people thought he would, you know, only be a runner though, but no, he's proved that he could throw, throw at least well enough to, you know, put up some big numbers and lead his team to victory rather easily in a lot of games. But his running ability is insane. He makes, you know, people look silly in the open field sometimes. So he, like I said, my only concern with him ever is when you run as much as he does, you know, just takes one hit just for you to become kind of ineffective. So even if you're able to stay in the game, it's a big part of his game to run. So even if he's in there but he can't run that well, it's going to be a downfall for him. So still wouldn't hesitate to take him on my fancy, Tim. I gladly have him. I had him last year, and it worked out for me. But just always that little bit of, uh, you know, got to be a little more conservative sometimes when you're putting a top pick in someone. Okay. And your third quarterback then would be? Uh, this one's a tough one. You know, there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there, and they're all kind of in similar mold. You know, you got the Sean Watson – 
uh, Kyler Murray, you know, all kind of a little shifty and running. But um, I personally prefer Russell Wilson. Um, He may not always end up as that top three quarterback, but he's always right around that top five range. You know what you're getting. Yeah. You know, if you're drafting, you want to make sure you know you're getting that output, no matter what Russell Wilson's going to perform. And you know he's going to stay healthy. You know, Deshaun Watson, you know, he's had some, you know, he's always battling through an injury, so he doesn't miss many games, but he's always out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Texans are going to struggle a little bit. So, you know, Russell Wilson, that Seattle offense, it's only going to get better as DK Metcalf tends to – or. Uh, progresses and still got Tyler Lockett out there and their offense led by him is just something special to watch sometimes. Nice. And then, uh, so now we've gone over your top three quarterbacks. Who would be your three sleepers this year for fantasy? Um, someone I'm surprised who's kind of all been slept on in the last couple of years in fantasy and he's been up and down, but they're really writing him off this year is Aaron Rodgers. Oh, wow. You know, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you could argue he's still top three quarterback in the league. I mean, his arm talent is, amazing he just doesn't always have the pieces around him but I think he might he's gonna be motivated this year to you know prove everyone wrong that he's not an elite quarterback anymore and you know yeah. he tends to always have when you put a chip on someone's shoulder kind of is almost in that Ben Rosberger mindset too some people are writing it off that when you have that chip on your shoulder and you're kind of the not talked about guy yeah. after being that elite guy you know I think it's you know they might you know awaken a beast in Aaron Rodgers and it's it's gonna be something something interesting to watch as you know, if he can really kind of resurrect what's been kind of a down year or two for him. Um, another guy I like a lot is, unfortunately, Patriot, another Patriots quarterback, Cam Newton. Wow. You know, yeah. missed last year because of a shoulder injury, you know, um, kind of was written off, you know, took him forever to sign with the team this offseason. But Patriots came and picked him up for a cheap deal and – you know, Cam Newton's always been great in fantasy just simply because he's always going to get his rushing touchdowns. He's arguably the best goal line runner in the league, running back or quarterback. Wow. So he's, you know, you always got to gotta respect that down there for an opposing defense, and that's going to lead to big fantasy points. So Cam Newton's someone who, you know, not even being drafted in all the leagues, but, you know, he's a former MVP, physical freak. You know, he's he's someone to watch out for, and I think if him and Bill Belichick are both motivated to prove that, you know, they, they got what it takes. Bill Belichick to do without Tom Brady and Cam Newton to prove that he's still an elite player in this league. So anytime you've got that motivation, definitely uh, definitely something to watch. Uh, last one is someone who really I haven't seen drafted at all yet in the leagues that I've been do- been in or in any mocks I've been doing is uh, Drew Locke for the Broncos. Huh? Um, you know, they, you know, going into his second year, they don't, they don't have that proven veteran team around them. You know, they have a lot of younger people. It does have some veteran running backs in Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay now, but, you know, has Sutton on the outside, Jerry Judy, um, you know, some other young guys, Noah Fant in that offense. There's a lot of explosive people just a little young. So Drew Locke, I don't think someone you can just plug in there week in and week out because he's going to have his growing pain still being a young quarterback. Yeah, He just has that moxie about him. You watch him play and it just looks like he's out there having a good time, you know, really confident in himself. Kind of almost reminds me of a young Aaron Rodgers from that aspect where you watch Aaron Rodgers play and he just, you know, he walked out there with a certain attitude and he knew he was going to, you know, be able to back it up. And that's kind of what I see with Drew Locke. A little younger and, you know, having a little more fun with it. But I get that same uh, mentality I see in both their performances. So I think he's someone who he'll blow up for a couple big games this year. And if you play him in the right time, I think someone that could definitely help your team out. Nice. And then your last choice? Oh, that, that was that was your three sleepers. That was, was your, yep. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, and Drew Locke. Now we're moving on to the money ball position that most people win their fantasy because of their running backs. Who are your top three running backs? Um, number one, it's hard to uh, ignore the Christian McCaffrey. How well he did last year. You know, got a hundred catches, had a thousand receiving yards, thousand rushing yards. You know. The, his output was unreal. And he did that with very poor QB play in Kyle Allen. No offense to Kyle Allen, but it just, he, he was a sent Christian McCaffrey had to be the team. He had to carry that offense. So a little worry on that wear and tear, you know, coming into a year after that, but you know, he's been so durable. And since he's able to catch the ball in space a lot and not always have to just run it between the tackles, I think that definitely helps him long-term. And I don't think you can go anywhere else with the number one pick. Uh, Number two, Saquon Barkley, you know, he was the number one pick in a lot of leagues last year, you know, got hurt, 
had some, you know, inefficiencies in the Giants offense, but he's so talented. He's a freak of nature. You know, he's the Cam Newton of running backs, you know, his tree trunks for legs and he runs a four, three forty. It's doesn't make sense, yeah. but um, you know, I think the Giants offense will be a little improved, you know, this year and uh, it's going to be hard to contain them, especially because I think they're going to be more creative getting in the ball in space and not just, you know, trying to pound it up the middle. And, you know, if Daniel Jones makes any improvement, you know, it's just going to open up more things for him. And there's not much on a football field that Barkley can't do. Yeah. Last is, you know, the third spot is kind of a, up in the air spot for a lot of people. Some people like Kamara, some people even like Dalvin Cook after he kind of broke out last year. I'm still going tried and true with Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. Um, people are saying, you know, maybe he lost a step as, you know, he's going into his fifth year now. But um, he's as consistent as they come, and he consistently performs great. I mean, you know you're getting basically 300 touches. You know you're basically getting over 1,000 yards, and you know you're basically getting eight-plus touchdowns. It doesn't matter. And – He's great in the passing game, too. While he doesn't, you know, get the 100 catches that Christian McCaffrey does or look as shifty as everyone else, he's, you know, he's very consistent out of the backfield. Dak loves throwing the ball. And uh, the Cowboys are going to have to rely upon that running game a lot. I know they got some weapons in the receiving game now, but um, Zeke's going to always be a key part of that offense. And, you know, when you pay someone that much money, they better be. So he's someone that I will – always stand behind and also got to, got to rep my former Buckeyes. That's great. <laughs> so um, we got your top three. So let's hear your three sleepers now at running back. Well, you know, running back's hard to find, you know, some good sleepers sometimes because, you know, there's a lot of committees anymore. You know, not a, there's not a whole lot of running backs that are, you know, owning kind of, you know, the um, workhorse um, workload. So someone who's, kind of not really talked about, even though he's one of the best running backs of all time, is Adrian Peterson. Mm. You know, I mean, Darius Geis is no longer on the Redskins. They released him after some off-the-field stuff. So it's really just him and Bryce Love, you know, in that backfield. They really don't have many other people to compete. And Peterson did well last year in, you know, being able to really kind of help out that Redskins team with, you know, some questions at quarterback, you know, they weren't sure how Dwayne Haskins was going to play being a rookie. So I think they're going to really lean on the veteran, even though he's 35 years old, you know, he's still playing at, you know, high level. And I think he's going to be the preferred option, you know, trying to help Dwayne Haskins. You know, you got this rookie quarterback that you have this pick invested in. So you're going to want to, you know, have your veteran running back that can help him out, you know, be that consistent security blanket, whether it be, you know, you know what you're going to get in the running game or um, pass blocking, identifying, not making mistakes. So I think he's still got a little juice left in those legs. Um, my second guy would be, you know, I weirdly, I like Benny Snow Jr. Oh, wow. Wow, nice. Yeah, so uh, a lot of reports coming out saying that he's kind of slimmed down a little bit, trying to work on explosion, kind of a la Le'Veon Bell in his second year. Yeah. You know, trying, you know, just get that little extra twitch. You know, they're both big backs coming out of college, and, you know, he's kind of slimmed down and – He's impressing in training camp. Now, James Conner, I still think, is going to be the number one guy. You know, but I think Benny Snow is, you know, still going to, especially if they start trusting him, if Ben starts trusting him, that's the key thing there. If Ben's able to trust him, I think they're going to work him in. I think there's going to be a couple running backs being worked in. But, you know, I think he's a sleeper partially because I think they're going to take a light workload on Conner. You know, they know he's dominant when he's healthy, but, you know, he's always kind of been a little dinged up throughout his career. Last year, missing a few games, but, you know, I think if they lighten his workload and give Benny Snell some, especially if it's near the goal line where you don't got to take all those hits, put them all on Connor. You know, I think Snell's someone who can surprise a lot of people this year. Nice. Then lastly is uh, another Wiley veteran in LaShawn McCoy. (laughs) I liked him last year, too, and he played well for Kansas City when he got the opportunity. Still showed he had a little bit in those legs, but now he's in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady and, you know, that explosive offense. Not a lot of proven stuff around him. Others took some other young running backs that haven't really ever seized an opportunity yet. So, you know, I think uh, Tom Brady's going to prefer the guy that he knows he can rely upon and rely as a check down. Tom Brady loves targeting his running backs in the passing game, as you see through his years in uh, New England. So I think LaShawn McCoy is someone who's going to surprise some people because both him and Tom Brady got something to prove that they still got something left in the tank. Yeah. And Andy Reid knew it when they drafted him back when he was the Eagles head coach. I mean, he's, He's one of the best running backs out of the backfield, you know, in, in 
in recent history. I mean, he's just really effective out of an athletic getting downfield, not just strictly a, a screen receiver, but he can actually run some routes and get open and get separation. He's a smart receiver. So oh, yeah, like, definitely. And he's so shifty when he gets the ball in his hands. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous watching some of, the, some of the moves he's able to put on people. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and Direct Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. From tight muscles through workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Westerland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion on your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, then send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash Blue wire. Do you have a pecking order then from your top 10 going from 10 to 1? Oh, so I'll start at 10 and go down to 1. Yes. My number 10 running back here is Miles Sanders, you know, for the Eagles. He's someone that, you know, is uh, going to be given the opportunity, and he was given the opportunity through the second half of the year, you know, take carrying the workload with Jordan Howard, yeah. you know, kind of taking a backseat. So I think he's definitely going to be someone that can uh, help carry your fantasy team. You know, the Eagles offense has a little bit of question marks around it, but anytime you're going to get that much opportunity, it's good to have him. Good. Um, number nine, I have Derrick Henry. Um, a lot of people have him higher, especially after how he carried the Titans last year. Yes. You know, but he got a heavy workload. He has to be a bruiser. You know, there's going to be a lot of hits on that big body. And um, they also drafted Evans, you know, out of Appalachian State. So I think they're going to try and, uh, you know, reduce his workload a little bit. But he's still going to be the main guy. He's still going to get his 250, 300 carries. But, you know, I just don't think, you know, they're going to make – they're not going to um, run until the tires fall off like they did last year as gotcha. they went through the playoffs. Yeah. Um, number eight, uh, Nick Chubb. You know, Nick Chubb's a uh, very talented running back, you know, one of the top running backs in the league talent-wise. And I would have him higher if it wasn't for, you know, another talented running back on the Browns and Kareem Hunt. Oh, yeah. Kareem Hunt's going to dig into his workload, especially in the passing game. But Nick Chubb's still going to get his. He's still going to get 1,000 yards. He's still going to get a lot of the goal line touches. But, you know, when you lose that passing game work, it really kind of hurts your fantasy value to be in that, you know, elite fantasy player. Number seven is actually a rookie. I got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in there. Um, out of Kansas City, and it's more for opportunity than anything. Um, you know, he's a very talented guy, but they invested in a first-round pick in him, and they don't really have, you know, any competition. Damian Williams, you know, was going to be that guy to compete with him and likely even start the year as the featured back, but he opted out of the season, you know, with the COVID opt-out. So, 
Yeah. It really opened the door for Edwards Hilaire where he's going to have all that opportunity there. Um, number six, this is where I have uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, he had a great year last year, you know, really impressed. But um, he's someone who's had some injury history. You know, he didn't uh, look like he was going to play the whole year this year after he originally held out with a, with a contract holdout. So he's back at practice now, so that's a good thing. But, you know, sometimes when the contract's in the back of your mind, sometimes you uh, might try and protect yourself a little bit and not uh, put yourself in any risky situation. So there's always a little question marks around Dalvin Cook, whether it be with injury and now his contract stuff. So it'll be interesting. But, you know, he's someone – he's the only man in that offense to run the ball that they really have proven that they're willing to give it to play after play. So you got to take him if he's available. Nice. Number five? Yeah, number five is the one wide receiver on the list, Michael Thomas. Ooh, nice. Yeah, right in the middle. You know, he's, and he's someone that, you know, in PPR league, you know, he's – you can take him even higher. Standard leagues maybe a little lower. Yeah. But um, he's someone that you know what you're going to get. You're going to get 100-plus catches. You're going to get 1,200 yards. You're going to get seven to ten touchdowns. It's hard. And with Drew Brees throwing the ball, it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. It's – that production is going to be there as long as Drew Brees is there. I mean, even when Teddy Bridgewater played last year, Michael – Thomas still got all the work that he could handle. So someone that I will not hesitate to, you know, help carry my fantasy team. Nice. Number four, I have Alvin Kamara, you know, nice. another Saints guy. Yeah. Um, some people are a little worried Latavius Murray is going to continue to eat into his touches, which he did a little last year, but late in the year, Alvin Kamara also wasn't the healthiest. So that didn't help his efficiency. Yeah. But um, he's someone that, you know, Breeze is going to rely upon, especially in the passing game. And, you know, he's just as good as a runner. People just don't always talk about it because he's always had that second guy with him, whether it be Mark Ingram or Latavius Murray. But Kamara's definitely an elite talent in this league. And I think if he ever get was given the 100% workload, he could be that Christian McCaffrey getting close to 1,000, 1,000. Um, and then we went through the top three running backs already, but it's going to mimic that a little bit. But Zeke at number three, you know, Zeke Elliott for Dallas. Like I said before, dominant runner, consistent. You know, he's got that contract, and he still looks motivated. So he's someone that's going to have to help carry that offense if they want to uh, do well in the season and make it into the playoffs. So there's going to be no shortage of workload for him. Yeah. Number two, Barkley, you know, talented as ever. Hard to deny him in fantasy. I mean, I've seen some people even taking him number one above Christian McCaffrey. I don't know how you can do that this year with uh, the year Christian McCaffrey just had. But, you know, he's – probably the most talented offensive player in the league just from pure skill set standpoint. So it's hard to argue with him at number two. The number one, Christian McCaffrey, you know, he, he just had one of the best fantasy seasons of all time for a running back, getting a thousand and a thousand short of the Sean Alexander and LaDainian Tomlinson, you know, touchdown breaking years. Yeah. Um, there's not many running backs that put together a season like Christian McCaffrey. So it's, you just have to take him number one. And if you don't, you know, you must know something I don't if you don't, so. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this awesome fantasy news with us because obviously, you know, I am a, I, I'm a rookie when it comes to fantasy football. I don't play it often, uh, but I know we have a lot of Steeler Nation that love fantasy football, so we're so happy to have, obviously, our guru here, Matt Papiernik, to be able to explain to me <laughs> and everyone else uh, all the fantasy aspects because it, it's just such a passion for him and we love having you too. So now it's time on our show for questions from Steeler Nation. And we got a couple questions here. Uh, one from uh, Drink Iron City from the uh, uh, Steeler Nation forum on SteelerNation.com. And he says, uh, I see Ben Roethlisberger being a pretty high fantasy pick. Uh, I'm not going by media accounts, but a gut feeling a Steelers fan uh, who see the hunger of said quarterback. How do you see uh, ben Roethlisberger producing on the field this upcoming year? Um, he's one of those guys that's just going to come down to if he's healthy or not. I mean, if he's able to remain healthy, you know, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. I mean, his last healthy season, he had 30-some touchdowns, 5,000 yards, you know. He put up big numbers. I don't think even if he is healthy, he'll, you know, have to put up those gaudy stats, partially because, you know, Antonio Brown's gone. It's hard to replace someone like that and get that same production out of your quarterback. But um. You know, I think they'll lead on the running back a bit, but I think he'll, if he's healthy, he'll slide into that seven to nine range, you know, back end starting quarterback that most games you don't 
have to hesitate about starting him, but big question is going to be health. If he stays healthy, he'll be worth owning. And he's as motivated as ever to prove everyone that he can still be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Nice. Second question then from, uh, from uh, Drink Iron City. Who would you be taken first if you're taking Steeler receivers strictly? You've got you know, Deontay Johnson, who led the Steelers in receptions and touchdowns last year. Uh, Washington, who led the team in yardage. And Juju, who's had monster numbers in the past. Who would be your first pick off of the Steelers receiving squad? Um, you know, the, it's going to be interesting because they're definitely going to spread the ball around a lot. They have a lot of options. But in my mind, it's no doubt Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, ben, that's the only one that Ben has a true rapport with. He's had a couple of years where he's played the majority of the season. And he's always went to Juju. I mean, Juju was a security blanket even when Antonio Brown was there over the middle of the field. So um, it's going to be hard to argue against Juju now. That's not saying anything about how talented Deontay is and how great of a year he had as a rookie. And James Washington's obviously a big play guy. Yeah. But um, Juju, he's he's going to be the guy Ben leans on. He's going to be the one that knows exactly where Ben wants him to be and uh, be able to find those holes in the defense, especially when, you know, in those critical situations, you know, late in game. So I think Juju is going to definitely be the one I would have to take him. I'll probably take him actually several rounds before the other two. Nice. So what – kind of grade would you give what round grade would you give to juju then is he a second third rounder um you know it's tough there's a lot of good wide receivers this year and yeah. uh, a lot of wide receivers coming off the board in the second third and fourth round okay. um, i'd probably take him around the late third early fourth round you know he's he's a back-end wide receiver one for me maybe a top-end wide receiver too you know i wouldn't necessarily want to invest a too high of a pick on him just because you know they're going to spread the ball around a lot if they didn't have deontay and it was just him and James Washington, like, you know, it was looking like it was going to be before the draft last year. You know, I'd probably put him a little higher because he would be leaned on a little more. But simply because they're going to spread the ball around, I, you know, probably around the fourth round is where I'd target him. But he's he's going to be Ben's go-to guy, and he's really going to help the Steelers this year. Yeah. So now for my uh, um, personal uh, interest, because – since you've already selected Juju first, now you got Deontay Johnson and, and uh, James Washington. Who would you take out of those two uh, at next if a Juju is off the board? Um, I'm going Deontay. Um, and that's not a knock on James Washington. James Washington played great last year. And even at the end of uh, 2018, he started building a little bit of a rapport with Ben near the end of the season. But um, James Washington's more of that big play guy. You know, he's going to be open down the field. They're going to be looking to – you know, get them on those 50-yard catches, you know, deep down the sideline a lot more often than some other um, players in that offense. So I think Deontay's just going to be the more consistent player. Nice. Probably get, you know, close to 1,000 yards, you know, 70 catches, 80 catches, something like that, where I think James Washington, you know, he might get more touchdowns because he's going to be a big play guy, but I just don't think he's going to get the same number of looks as Deontay Johnson. Hmm. And then um, the next question is a friend of mine asked if he would carry two – a defense slash special teams, uh, and he said no. Uh, I, I, if he had the Steelers uh, and the waiver wire and the bye weeks in hope of rostering a playable player instead for that off week. So what is the advantage of ca carrying two um, defenses versus having an extra player and then when your defense has a bye week, you just pull it off with a waiver wire? Um, you know, I tend to agree with him. You know, I only really carry one defense and, okay. you know, he, he's obviously a Steelers fan. So he's looking to try and carry the Steelers most yes. of the year, <laughs> you know, so um, it's always beneficial to be able to carry an extra running back or wide receiver, you know, cause it's a lot harder to find those guys, you know, on the waiver wire that are truly going to be able to help your team. Whereas if you just need to fill in for the Steelers by week, one week, you know, you just can just try and play matchups. Even if you have a lesser defense, you know, one week shouldn't kill you with a defense. So um, don't worry about having the roster two all years. It just frees up your spot to be a little more flexible with an extra, you know, skill player this way, you know, in case something does happen, yeah. that skill player may be elevated a lot quickly where usually defenses aren't going to go from sitting on your bench to being a full-time, you know, play defense week in and week out. Nice. Last question for us. He uh, says, obviously both of you put a lot of time into these podcasts would you tell us a little about yourselves on a personal level and also your favorite part of doing these? I'll start first. Thank you, DIC. I appreciate that. Um, I love talking Steelers, number one. And now that we're doing this video chat thing, it's 
it makes it a lot easier and a lot more conversational. So we're able to talk with whoever I have, whether it's Matt, whether it's Hunter, whether it's Stifler. And um, being able to go back and forth is fantastic. It also really helps out to get on a personal level with interviews. And I love doing interviews, especially with Steeler uh, players themselves. So that's, that's always fun for me. What's your favorite part of doing these podcasts here, Matt? Um, you know, it's just the choice to, or the ability to kind of gives us some interaction. You know, a lot of times we write these articles and, you know, we get comments and stuff like that, but or go on the forums and, you know, we can chat back and forth, but it's kind of, we can field some stuff live, you know, that people can see us live, you know, it's different level of interaction when you can visually see someone over just a screen and visually get in a conversation with someone, you know, right. especially in these times where, you know, a lot of face-to-face -face interactions aren't as common over the last six months or so, you know, these you know, video casts where you're able to actually interact with someone and talk through it all, you know, it definitely makes it a uh, beneficial and being able to just talk about the Steelers in general, you know, like you, I'm a big sports fan. I love talking Steelers. I love talking football in general, whether it be college, NFL, Nice. you know, just love being able to, you know, interact and just um, talk about something we both have a shared interest in. Yeah. And on a personal level, I live in uh, Ravens territory. I'm in uh, Mount Airy, Maryland where I've been pretty much bunkered up since the uh, COVID stuff started in, in March. I've taken a couple trips, but this is where I kind of hang out. Though we just did get a, uh, you know, I live here with my family. I'm married, and I have a seven-year-old daughter, and we have a cat, uh, Pixie Bob. She's around here somewhere. Sometimes she jumps up on my lap when I'm doing podcasts, but uh, today she's elsewhere. And then we just picked up a brand-new puppy for uh, <laughs> who's now three months old, and it's a, a Vizsla puppy, so they're little brown dogs. and ton of energy and I'm just getting used to having a puppy because I've never had a puppy in my life. My wife, she's grew up with dogs. She grew up with uh, English setters. They've always had multiple English setters in the house. So I'm learning how to adapt to a puppy going crazy at times, but she's starting to calm down a little bit and she's really a great dog. So I'm really starting to enjoy having a dog as well. And for you, I, know, I, I remember Matt, you tell me you have a dog as well. You have a few. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have two dogs. Um, I have a three-year-old Siberian Husky Zeus, and then I have a seven-year, seven-month-old rescue that we just got um, named Zoe. Some sort of mix. We're not entirely sure, but, you know, she's just the cutest little thing. Oh, so, nice. yeah, it's, dogs are amazing. But love about myself, I mean, I've always been in enemy, enemy territory as well. I've lived in Ohio my entire life. <laughs> Starting out in Jamestown, you know, being at least somewhat close to Pittsburgh, but still being surrounded by Cleveland fans. Yeah. Being in Columbus for my college years, you know, getting both the Cleveland and Cincinnati aspect, you know, just kind of ganging up on the Steeler fan. And then uh, now living actually just outside of Cincinnati, you know, I'm getting farther and farther away from the homeland of Pittsburgh. So, uh, it's, you know, a little difficult sometimes. But, yeah, like Straker said, you know, I got my two dogs, you know, just got married recently, you know, oh. about – five months ago now don't tell yeah. my wife i can't remember um, <laughs> and uh you know had a covid wedding you know with yeah. people there and uh so how, how did that work out for the covid wedding um you know we originally had a wedding planned as a destination wedding in florida yeah, and, yeah. You know, so we originally just shrunk it down to be a smaller amount because florida had a little less restrictions but then we eventually just postponed it till next year and to have like big reception and everything but we ended up just uh, going to ohio state's campus you know and live streaming it on facebook with only I think there were seven people in total at the event which was her parents our officiant one of my groomsmen and our photographer and wow. my dog zeus as well he was in so, but you know it was beautiful the ring there <laughs> we wish <laughs> he gets a little distracted sometimes i didn't okay. want to come off with the rings yeah it was beautiful being there on ohio state's campus you know it means a lot to me and it's just being able to take it by the stadium being over by the we had a beautiful lake with a fountain in the background for the live stream and you know uh, still ended up being everything that we wanted to be and more importantly everything she wanted it to be yeah oh that's great and it's and I'm glad because it's it's so difficult I've had friends that have to keep postponing and postponing their weddings because they wanted to have the big wedding with everybody there and I'm glad that you made it work out and you made it work out for both your family and it's very smart to do a live stream that's awesome so yeah Matt love having you on the show thank you for educating me in fantasy football as always Steeler Nation, you got to follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Papiernik. That's at M-A-T-T underscore P-A-P-I-E-R-N-I-K. The links will be on our podcast locations, but he writes the best articles. He's done some mock drafts as well. He used to do them weekly there on the site. 
And always a pleasure to have you, Matt. So thank you very much for joining the show. It's always a pleasure to get on with you, Striker. You know, it's been a good time, whether it be just audio or being able to now chat with you live and share with all our fans. You know, it's <laughs> great to be on here. And you made it through your first vidcast. You did great, man. <laughs> the laptop didn't die. I didn't have any, you know, uh, technical difficulties. You know, it's always good when everything goes smoothly. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Have a good one then, Matt. Hey. Smooth old Striker. You too can get a great, unique gift on the SteelerNation.com gear page. We have every size and color choices to satisfy all of Steeler Nation. Uh, SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the interweb. Check out the podcast button. Click on it. Listen to one of our many interviews or click on the forum button for the best football discussion on the internet. Subscribe to the Steeler Nation YouTube channel to watch these vidcasts, get the live alerts as we pop up, or to go back and watch them in the past. Uh, and forget to see our video uploads. Uh, tweet us at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at underscore SN Podcast. Or you can follow me, your host, Striker, at, St- at Steeler Nation Striker on Instagram and Twitter as SN Striker. And Striker is spelled with a Y. So thank you once again for joining us on your SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your host, G Striker, with Matt Papiernik. Rooting along with you, as always, go Steelers! Playoffs? Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. Find what you want with your voice on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and more. No more jumping in and out of apps. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. It's a way better way to watch. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet essentials, one device included. Subscriptions required to access streaming services.